SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, maybe some phone calls. Phone calls are tough on Mondays. Uh, just <clears throat> so much things uh, to get to. Uh, we don't generally have time for phone calls, but we'll see. 844-843-6879. A little college football, a little NFL, and, uh, boy, just a forgotten story, the, uh, the golf, the Masters. I mean, the fact that we went a whole hour talking about the NFL, which wasn't a spectacular NFL weekend. We had a couple of key games, but, you know, no major upsets, uh, you know, a couple of injuries, but not, nothing crazy. And it still overshadowed the Masters, which was, you know, the kingpin of, of golf. Final round, DJ, good leaderboard, you know, familiar name atop the leaderboard, setting all kind of records. And it's just like, boy, <clears throat> not that the Masters, uh, you know, they, they really did have a choice. I, I, I mentioned it on Friday and Thursday as well. Why they chose to have a tournament in November, I'll never get. After daylight savings time, no less. I mean, I don't know if these guys were idiots or they they were thinking of something that I don't know what. If the Masters, don't tell me, well, that was the first open slot, Scott. It's the Masters, right? You could pick any weekend you want. You could pick a weekend in July, August, whatever the case may be. Hell, you could pick a weekend in which they have the, the British Championship. You could pick a weekend in which they hold the U.S. Open, and you could still, if you're the Masters, have people that would attend your event and, and watch you. So, I mean, they could have picked any weekend. They don't get rats behind about about other, you know, the, the Greater Greensboro Open. Oh, we can't have a weekend in November because the Greater or, uh, in August because the Greater Greensboro Open is going on. If you think the Masters thinks like that, then you don't know the Masters people. You really don't. So why they would pick this weekend trying to go head to head against the NFL, I don't get it, because it got completely, I mean, just completely overshadowed. Even with DJ doing as well as he did yesterday, Tiger Woods, you know, being in contention, you know, for the most part, three rounds plus. You had, uh, you know, him, him shooting a 10 yesterday, which was historic and funny at the same time. But it's it, it, nobody cares. Nobody cared about the Masters. So I'll touch on it in a second here. A couple little college football notes, but basically it's, it's NFL stuff. And we got a firing in college football at a uh, SEC school. That's next right here, Bagels and Bad Beats, on a Monday morning. And we'll check out our poll question as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Ronald Jones will get a big hole. Jones gets by. Ronald Jones may go all the way. Being chased from behind. Does Jones have enough? Still on his feet. Ronald Jones, 98-yard touchdown. 
Buccaneers Radio Network with the call. As they want to beat Carolina 46-23. All right, time to take out the padded pencils, uh, the padded pencils, and we're going to run down every single game as we always do. Give you a little nugget on each game, my thoughts on those contests. First up, though, uh, quickly, our poll question I put up last hour. Best site this sports weekend was uh, our nominees, the Arizona Hail Murray, as they're calling it, getting 57% of the vote so far. Uh, Paulina Gretzky's ugly sweater getting a 19%. Tiger posting a 10 uh, 15% and the proverbial other uh, getting a 7.5%. So check out the Office of Pick Speed, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Pick's P-I-C-K-S. Uh, get your vote in. We'll update that a couple of more times uh, before we are through. Yep, Tampa Bay knocks off Carolina 46-23. I, I tell you, I didn't put this out as a best bet just because the Teddy Bridgewater's phenomenal against the spread numbers as an underdog. 22-4, and four, we gave them out as one of our trend plays, and we'll recap those here in a little bit as well. Uh, but, you know, the way Tom Brady got thoroughly embarrassed, just absolutely used and abused last Sunday night uh, against New Orleans, you knew this was Tom Brady's career on the line. And I'm not joking. Uh, as far as we we either are done with Tom Brady or Tom Brady's going to show he's got something left. left. You, you don't play as poorly as C and that Buck team did last week at home on national TV and not respond the next week. So I knew that if they didn't come out and just smash Carolina, then the reign of Tom Brady is over. I wasn't necessarily sure he was going to, which is why I didn't give it out as a best bet, but I had thought they did, which I gave it out as another play. Uh, so what happens? Brady responds. It shows he's got some life left. Throws for 341 yards, three touchdown passes, ran for another so he accounts for four touchdowns. Tampa Bay smokes Carolina, doubles them up 46-23. Teddy Bridgewater leaves the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, the game was no longer in doubt, so Carolina can't use that as an excuse. It was 39-23. Leaves with a right knee injury. Double-check his status. Didn't look good, and they do not have a backup quarterback. They are out. You know, if Bridgewater can't play uh, without McCaffrey, without Bridgewater, this team is going to absolutely stink. So, But Brady responded as we figured he did. Uh, Tampa Bay, first game in their franchise history in which they had a 300-yard passer and a 200-yard runner. That would be one Ronald Jones. You heard it there. 98-yard touchdown run. Uh, and they finished up with 200 yards as a team rushing. He had 192. Leonard Fournette, you know, I tell you what, you, you talk about the uh, tale of two cities. Jones runs for 192 on 23 carries. Fournette ran for 19 on eight carries. I like Leonard Fournette. I do. I thought it was a terrific pickup, but, you know, you don't have to be a scout or a genius to realize when they give the ball to Jones, and I'm not just talking about this game. You know, when Fournette missed a couple of games, Jones took off. Jones is the better running back. I don't know why they're wasting their time with, with Fournette. I, re I really don't. Uh, but he had eight uh, eight carries for 19 yards, and, and Jones ran for a buck 92. Antonio Brown, second game, seven receptions for 69 yards. Doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot. However, I will tell you, those seven receptions, a team high. Brady loves him. Brady, I, I don't get it. I, I don't know, but but he absolutely loves him. Little nuance here with this game. I, I don't get it. You know, Tampa Bay leading it the 32-23. Carolina just scored uh, in the fourth quarter. 11 and a half minutes left. They cut the deficit to nine. You think you go for one. You cut the lead to eight, make it a one-score game, right? Now Carolina goes for two. They don't get it, and they leave it as a two-score game. I, I, I You know... I don't understand that. You know, they're, they're going to tell me, you know, uh, you know, that's how it's supposed to be. Analytics, you know, taking over the NFL. 
and I get you have to score a two-point conversion somewhere along the line. When you're down 15, you have to score it to two. You got to score two touchdowns and one two-point conversion. So I, I understand that. However, I always equate it to not what the score is. How many scores do I need to win or tie the football game? That's how I view it when I get into the fourth quarter. Meaning, okay, I'm down 15. I score a touchdown. I'm down 15. I'm down two scores, right? I score a touchdown. My goal is to now make it a one-score game. So I go for the one, make it eight points, and I've accomplished something. I've gone from a two-score game to a one-score game. I go for two there, and I don't score. I've kept it a two-score game. You know, it just doesn't. They'll say analytics, blah, blah, blah. Analytics, my ass. It, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. When you're only getting the two-point conversion 10, 15% of the time, again, I know you have to do it eventually. And maybe you can make the case the defense, in this case, Bucks defense, won't try as hard uh, right now, knowing that it's not to tie the game. It's only to cut it to seven. So maybe you have a little slight edge offensively. But I just don't want my offense walking off that field dejected. I don't want the Bucks defense walking off that field feeling like they have accomplished something, even though they just gave up a touchdown. I want the good nature of the game, the good feel, the good flow, the momentum. I want my guys walking off the sidelines knowing, all right, we've been in a one-score game. Here we go. Let's go. 11 and a half minutes left. You risk all that by going for two. I, I just, I don't like it. I think it's dumb. And again, you go by how many scores are you down. They're still down two scores. I don't care if it's nine, 11, 12, 10, whatever the case may be, you're still down two scores. You really didn't accomplish a damn thing. But that's analytics. That's Matt Rule. Green Bay knocks off Jacksonville 24-20. Nothing spectacular. Jake Luton returns to being Jake Luton after throwing for 300 yards last week. He threw for a buck 69 this week. Although that said, Jacksonville was in it. They were in it the whole way. They were actually leading 2017 fourth quarter before Green Bay took a 24-20 lead. And Jacksonville had one more shot. Uh, but a minute and a half left, but back-to-back sacks by the Packer defense, which came to play, uh, and they hold Jacksonville off the board, and Green Bay wins at 24-20. Little nuance on this game as well. I, I tell you, these coaches are dopes. They, they really are. Matt LaFleur, Green Bay, takes center stage. It's second quarter. You're trailing 10-7. Okay. There's eight and a half minutes left in the second quarter. This in a game in which you're expected to win by two touchdowns, right? Packers are 14-point favorite. So this is not Chicago, Minnesota, you know, Tampa Bay. I mean, it's the lousy one and eight Jacksonville Jaguars. So Green Bay has third and six. Penalty Green Bay. Make it third and 11. Green Bay challenges because Tampa or, uh, Jacksonville had 12 men on the field. So it shouldn't have been a Green Bay penalty. They challenge. They win the challenge. So what's good? It's the second quarter. Eight and a half minutes left. It's a three-point game. It's no big deal. And you're not even gaining five yards. All you're doing by winning the challenge is wiping off the Green Bay offsides penalty because you had, you know, conflicting penalties there. So it would be just wipe off the board. So you wasted a challenge on a lousy five-yard penalty in the three-point game in the second quarter. Now, it didn't come back to bite them, but I'm telling you, one of these games, these coaches are going to have a challenge late in the game. And why? Because they used a challenge at a five-yard offsides, 12 men on the field, don't be penalty in the the second quarter. Stupid. Uh, Giants knock off Philadelphia 27-17. They improved to 3-7. Eagles fall to 3-5-1. So the AFC least completely, again, up for grabs. Daniel Jones gets just his second win 
uh, outside of Washington. Uh, Miles Sanders' return for the Eagles was insignificant. Uh, you know, Eagles score 14-11. Uh, you know, here's the key point in the game. Uh, Giants up two scores. Eagles score to make it 14-11. Giants next possession. They move right down the field. Five plays, bomb left, bomb right. Three plays later, touchdown New York, and they increased the lead back to double digits, 21 to 11. And they were able to basically finish it out from that point on. That's, that, that, that was the key right there. That, that giant possession, very good. Uh, same thing with Philadelphia. Uh, down 21-17, second half, they go for a two-point conversion. Now, Philadelphia has gone for two quite a bit, by far the most in the NFL this year. And they're hitting nearly 50%. So it's not that that critical, but I, you know you're down four, you know you, you hit the extra point, you get yourself down three. I, I mean, I know you like going for two. I love going for two as well, but there are certain times where you just got to say that doesn't make any sense. Well, let's just kick the extra point, and, and we're going to be down three here. I'm, doesn't eh. so it didn't it hurt them, but ultimately it's going to one of these games. 27-17. Giants have now won two in a row for the first time in God knows how long. I will run down the rest of the NFL next right here, baby, with that beat on the Monday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Attempting the game-winning field goal from 59 yards out. Looks like a knuckler. And it's through. Lions win the game. The first home win of the season for Detroit. What a leg. Despite the career day from Alex Smith, Matthew Prater, and Matthew Stafford coming up huge. Network with the call. Bengals and Bad Beats on a Monday morning as we recap the NFL 25 past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Let's hop right back into it. Lions do win 30-27 as they keep my survivor pool alive. I'm in a pool in which we have to pick two teams a week, which I tell you, it, it, as you would think, it makes it doubly tough. Uh, it, it is not easy picking two teams a week. You quickly run out of good football teams because they're quite there aren't that many good football teams uh, in, in the NFL. So you got to start picking games like Detroit and Washington. We basically flipped the coin, went with the Lions, and, and uh, you, you get odds with this dopey football team. I'll tell you what. They're up 24-3, third quarter. They're cruising, and all of a sudden they stop playing. They go into this dopey cover three zone. Washington scores once to make it 24-10. No big deal. The Lions return the ball right back to uh, Washington after three and out. Uh, they score again to make it 24-17. Washington again, three and out, gives them the football right back and down the field. The line, the uh, Redskins-Washington football team goes, right? And they were helped out by a couple of awful calls. One in particular, Desmond Trufant was called for two pass interference penalties, one found, once on four down, which was brutal, and then another one on third and 10, which obviously gave Washington first down on both the uh, you know, sequences of drives there. And the fourth down pass interference penalty, 
You know, last year you could have challenged it. That's what challenges were intended for last year with these pass interference penalties. I mean, these coaches that abused the rules and manipulated the system, you know, nearly cost Detroit a football game yesterday because that's what it was in intended for. All right, final minutes of a football game. Maybe the referee's out of position. Maybe he can't see it clearly. He throws the flag. You challenge it. It's not pass interference. Lions win the football game in regulation 24-17. But, you know, the, the NFL head coaches abused the system, you know, and started challenging five-yard pass plays in the second quarter, much like that dopey play with Green Bay and Jacksonville I spoke about. And the NFL head coaches said, no, we, we just can't have this. You know, we, we just – this is dopey. All right, we tried to do a good thing. We tried to help you out, uh, but in the end, you abused the system. So they took it away this year, and that was a classic case in which if you had a challenge, they would have been able to challenge that, and it would have been overruled, no pass interference, and it would have been Lions football game over. But instead, kept the drive alive. They score, and uh, they end up taking uh, the lead – or excuse me, they end up tying it uh, with 16 seconds left. And, and really, as we all know, Detroit came down and, and uh, kicked the game-winning field goal, 59-yarder from uh, from Matt Prater. But here's the thing, man. I, I tell you, you you get into these zone defenses, and we're all going to go gaga over Alex Smith throwing for 390 yards. I get it. But in reality, you know, for the first three and a half quarters, when the Lions were playing man-to-man, -man, he was awful. They, they had three lousy points. But because they get this big lead, and you know, because it's dopey Matt Patricia, like all other NFL coaches, they all of a sudden decide, okay, we're going to go into his zone. And they drop back, and they give these open 10-yard passes, and right down the field, dink, 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 dunk, dink, dink, dunk. And, and I don't know why the coaches don't say, okay, this is not working. Or we gave them one touchdown. Now let's go back to what we were doing, which was man-to-man. -man. And they didn't do that until it finally got, you know, it was too late, the, the last drive. So I, I, I don't understand. I, I really, you know... Um, you're watching this and you're seeing these wide receivers be wide open. You know, it's not like they're doing anything to beat the defensive back. All they're doing is just finding a seam. You know, and the other thing is, which, you know, a five-year-old can do. That's why you can't give credit for quarterbacks throwing for 300 yards. You know, Luton threw for 300 yards last week. I mean, anybody could do that. All you do is just pick a seam and you find the guy. And then the Lions were actually getting halfway decent pressure on Alex Smith rushing four, but they weren't sacking him. And I kept on saying with my daughter, you know, if they just blitz a guy, if they send an extra guy or two, they will sack this guy and the game will be over. But do they do that with Matt Patricia? No. And there they shows him on the sideline with that dumb look on his face. Duh. You know, I mean, just think a little bit. You're the defensive guy. You're allowing Alex Smith to march the football down the field three straight times, and you're sitting in a dopey zone, and you're not blitzing him one time. The guy with half a freaking leg, you're not going to blitz him one freaking time, and he's dissecting you? I mean, it's, it's just like, you know, wow. It's like the Christmas story with Ralphie going down the slide. Wake up! Wake up! You know, get, get, do something on defense. You're losing this. You're blowing it. God, he's awful. He is awful. There's no, even in his victories, I don't know how this team is four and five. Even in victories, if you're a Lions fan, you get odds to watching this team play. I mean, just amazing. First game for Aqib Tlaib doing a game on TV. Listen, little memo to Aqib. You know, you, you're not talking to the guys in the hood. You know, I mean, he was actually halfway decent, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it was his first game. There were a lot of things I would have liked to have him to have said. But considering it's his first game, you know, if it was week year number two, I'd, I'd be more critical. 
because as Detroit is blowing this lead, and he is a defensive back, you know, he should be yelling and screaming about them being in his zone. And he mentioned it, but, you know, I need him to really, if he's not going to be X's and O's type, which is fine, and he's not going to be the normal every day, I'm a nobody, you know, put me on TV, I'll be your color analyst guy, which I appreciate with him, then be a little bit more boisterous. And maybe that'll come with more confidence in what he can say and not say. I, I thought it was a fresh of fresh air, but just a little too much of, yo, bro, that's who I was. That's why I watched the football game. You know, a little, you know, take it easy there, Joe. Take, take, you know, just, you know, say what you want to say, but, you know, just just to be a little bit more critical rather than a little bit more of just wanting to uh, talk to your guys. All right, so uh, Detroit wins at 30 to 27. Cleveland knocks off Houston 10-7. We talked about that. Browns improved to 6-3. and three. Texans are atrocious, 2-7, and seven, awful weather. Game was delayed nearly an hour because of bad weather, uh, which you don't see too often in the NFL unless lightning is involved. Uh, Nick Chubb runs for 126 yards and a touchdown as he plays for the first time in a month. We know how he went out of bounds. I made fun of him for doing that instead of scoring a touchdown, which not only cost, you know, fantasy players, you know, him not scoring a touchdown, but also obviously against the spread. And uh, Brownie's laying four and a half. He decides not to score with a minute left, and uh, they don't cover the spread. That one hurt. Now, you're an idiot if you're laying four and a half of the Browns anyway, so you got what you deserve. But uh, that said, if, uh, you know, if you're going to not score, as I pointed out last hour, if you're smart enough to know not to score there because you don't want to give the Houston Texans the football, albeit up two scores, then you ought to be smart enough to know to fall down inbounds and not stop the clock. Oh, it took a couple of knees, you know, game over. I get that. But, you know, again, if you're going to be smart enough to know you shouldn't score there, then you should also be smart enough to know that you shouldn't go out of bounds there. Because maybe the next time he goes out of bounds, maybe it's not about whether he scores or not. Maybe he should know to stay inbounds. Uh, he goes out of bounds with a minute and a half left, different scenario. But in this case, it wasn't. But don't tell me about how smart Nick Chubb was when he runs out of bounds. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, other than that, you know, the Houston uh, Texans did nothing. They, they scored a late touchdown with five minutes left. I will tell you this. They scored a touchdown with five minutes left, and the Browns offense was able to run out the remaining uh, minutes. So uh, pretty good job there. You know, you don't see that too often. So Houston comes away with the victory. Dolphins, uh, our beloved Dolphins, get their fifth straight win, beat the Chargers 29-21. I tell you, looking back, it's always easy to pick out winners, obviously, but uh, I, I don't understand why the Dolphins were only a point-and-a-half favorite yesterday. You know, they're 5-3 and three at the point, at the time. They've won four in a row. Chargers are 2-6, and six, and the Dolphins are the home team. The Chargers are flying all the way across the country, uh, being from L.A. I, why were the Dolphins only a point-and-a-half favorite? I'd say that made no sense that wide. Love the over as well. Gave that out as our best bet. They ended up going over 29-21. As they were Dolphins, though, very, very conservative. Real, you know, you don't go you want about two attacks, but up two scores, chance to really put the game away, up 12, and they ran the football five, six times in a row. They didn't throw it one time. They ended up kicking a field goal, but it kept it a two-score game. And the Chargers end up scoring to make it a one-score game. They recover the onside kick. And it's a different game there maybe in the end. But they didn't. But the Dolphins left the door open. You know, you get a chance to slam the door. I know it's Tua, but that goes to show the lack of confidence the Dolphins really have in Tua that they did not throw one time in that sequence. Good job getting in the field goal range. But they could have put that game away with, uh, you know, three and a half minutes left. Instead, they kept the Chargers in the game. But the Dolphins do end up winning. Sanders had his 20-plus uh, uh, straight field goals uh, kick uh, snapped as he missed a 47-yarder uh, late in the game as well. But the Dolphins do get the win. And uh, they are now just a half a game back of the Buffalo Bills, who lost to Arizona 32-30. We know the scenario there. We talked about it. DeAndre Hopkins, 34 seconds left. You think the Bills have won the football game? First time in 57 games. Get a load of this stat. 
first time in 57 games, the Cardinals down two scores won a football game. They were 0-55-1 when trailing by 14 points or more in games. That is amazing. I mean, that, that, I mean, 14 points is not that much in a football game. But I told you about Kyler Murray. I don't like it. He's Lamar Jackson light, but they get the win yesterday. Raiders knock off Denver 37-12. to, to 12. And Nothing really spectacular in this game. Josh Jacobs ran for a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Drew Locke threw for four interceptions. He's awful. I, I don't care what he did against the Chargers and, and what glimpses he showed. He's awful. They're, they're not winning with him. Four interceptions. They're down 10-6 late second quarter. Uh, you know, inside the Raider 15-yard line, he throws a pick in the end zone, killed that drive. Then later on, third quarter, similar situation, throws another awful pick. He killed him. Just, just killed him yesterday, and the Raiders end up winning it going away. Six and three, three and six for the Bronx. Rams run over Seattle 23-16. Both teams now six and three. Russell Wilson, I tell you what, uh, he now has 13 turnovers, 10 in his last three games, uh, three interceptions, and he sacked six times. We saw and heard Wilson complain about the defense earlier this week after last week's loss to Buffalo. And not that he didn't try. I'm not saying that. But I've seen enough Russell Wilson games where he pulls things out of his hat, which is just spectacular. Whereas yesterday, just didn't seem to give that extra, extra effort. I just wonder, third loss in four games, is he just had enough with this uh, Seattle defense and the lack of offensive line from the Seahawks? More coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Sends to six different receivers. From the 12, it's Johnson. Touchdown! Brown starting for the injured Phillips. Steelers go for two. What to make it a 14-point game. Roethlisberger to the end zone, out of the reach. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. Scott Wetzel taking you right up until the top of the hour, 24 minutes to go. You know, Dolphin fans may have won the battle uh, and the war yesterday. They won the battle and that beat the, the Chargers. Uh, and they may have won the war as well in that Pittsburgh won yesterday. So how does that help the Dolphins? Well, uh, they do improve to 9-0. I get that. And their quest for an undefeated season now is getting closer and closer. As old Dolphin fans know, that's the last thing we've been holding on to. Not that we expected the Bungles to win yesterday, I, but I did give them a little shot. Maybe, maybe just a little, little something uh, to, to pull off a you know, division game, rivalry game, but that wasn't to be. However, with Baltimore losing Sunday night, you know, now they got a nice three-game fat lead in the AFC North. Uh, they got uh, now only a one-game still lead over Kansas City for the best record uh, in the uh, AFC. But I believe at this point they would hold the tiebreaker since Kansas City's loss was against Oakland, and that was a uh, you know conference game, and that would be the next tiebreaker. So 
uh, depending on who, if, if Pittsburgh were to lose, um, you know, they would still maybe hold that head-to-head tiebreaker. So it might be a game-and-a-half lead. Point being, as they get closer to the end of the season, chances are Pittsburgh might be playing a couple of games that are meaningless to them, which means maybe just maybe they sit some of their starters, which means maybe but you know, just maybe they lose their football games. Because, you know, after what happened last night with Baltimore, they got a gazillion injuries. You wonder if the Ravens in Pittsburgh are going to be able to beat the Steelers. I don't think so. They're not losing to Jacksonville next week. They're not losing to Washington the following week. They could lose at Buffalo December 13th. They got the Bungles again. They got the Colts and then the Browns to close out the regular season. So as Dolphin fans clinging on to our undefeated season, look for losses for Pittsburgh. You know. You realistically have two, you know, Baltimore, although again, last night they they got wounded, you know, beyond belief. Uh, And then maybe at Buffalo, realistically, that's it. They're going to be favorites. You know, the Buffalo game may may be pick them, but other than that, they're going to be favorites because even the Colts game is at home. You know, could the Browns knock them off to close out the regular season? That's what I'm hoping in that the Browns would be playing for their playoff lives and the Steelers would be playing for nothing. And maybe Pittsburgh would sit their guys. And that that's what we're hoping for. But if they're 15 and 0 at that point, I don't know how much importance they would put, you know, on going 16 and 0. You know, would they play their starters? Well, it, it's not looking good, Dolphin fan. We, we you know we're in a lot of trouble here. I mean, they have basically three absolute gimme games, you know, left out of the seven on their schedule. And the other ones aren't exactly daunting when you consider what Baltimore has done. Pittsburgh yesterday blew out the Bungles 36-10. Big Ben throws for 333 yards, four touchdowns. I tell you what, you know, with Baltimore falling by the wayside, uh, throw out Lamar Jackson for repeating his MVP, right? Uh, with Seattle falling by the wayside, you could probably eliminate, you know, Russell Wilson as good as his season has been, but he has not been good these last couple of weeks. You could throw Russell Wilson out of the MVP race. You know, it's really Pat Mahomes is now to lose. I get that, but I will tell you, you know, Pittsburgh has the undefeated record. Pittsburgh is going for an undefeated season. Pittsburgh has been Roethlisberger. You could still get a FanDuel Roethlisberger at 30-1 to 1 for MVP. I, I, you know, I don't know how they would look. And his stats aren't, you know, listen, it's, it's Roethlisberger. His stats aren't awful. So if, if they want to pick a guy from, you know, the undefeated team, you know, Roethlisberger would be the guy. He's got 2,200 yards passing, so he's on pace for 4,000 yards passing. He has 22 touchdown passes. He only has four interceptions. I mean, he is having quietly a phenomenal season. So I know everyone's in love with Pat Mahomes. I get that. But at 30 to 1, MVP, not a bad choice with Ben Roethlisberger right now. Not bad at all. Because, again, once this gets to, I don't know, 11, you know, 12 and 0. Uh, then we're going to start looking for reasons where we're going to go. And, and uh, you know, Roethlisberger is the one that you have to circle. I, I mean, he has had a phenomenal year right now. And coming off what did last year, 30-1 to 1 is worth having a couple of shekels on him right now. So uh, they win it. Saints knock off uh, San Fran 27-13. You know, they actually spotted the Niners a 10 nothing lead early on. Then it was all the Orleans after that. The story there, the game, Drew Brees leaves with uh, some rib injuries. So Jameis Winston, not Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston comes in, much like Teddy Bridgewater last year, uh, and finishes out the uh, the win. San Fran really just kicked themselves in the shoe. I, they really did. They had not one but two muff punts that led to two short uh, New Orleans drives. 
122 yards or 121 yards, and any chance the Niners had of upsetting the Saints went right out the window. They just completely fell apart. You can't do that. The Saints are a better football team, and you give them two gift touchdowns, not one but two, you're never going to win. So the Saints do a win at Kamara, uh, gets three touchdowns, the Saints get their uh, sixth in a row. And uh, the story again, Drew Brees. Here's my question about that. You know, Drew Brees uh, gets banged up, gets sacked by Contavious Street, which was called a penalty, which was not a penalty. Um, and then he stays in the game. Halftime occurs. At a halftime, he tells the Sean Payton head coach, listen, Skip, I can't go. My, my ribs are hurting too much, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it happens. But after the game, you know, uh, Brees says it wasn't about the pain. It was just about his performance. He couldn't perform like he wanted to. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused here. You know, are, are you saying you're not good enough anymore? Uh, are you saying the San Francisco defensive line was too intimidating? Or are you saying you're hurt, but it wasn't pain? But then if you're hurt, how come he wasn't taken away and, and, and taken for x-rays right away? I mean, if you're telling me you can't play because your ribs are busted, okay. You know, then, then why was he standing on the sidelines? Why wasn't he in a hospital? Why wasn't he in a locker room getting an MRI or x-rays or something? Very strange there how he says afterwards it, it, he wasn't injured. His body just couldn't do whatever he thought he wanted to be done. But I, I, I don't know what that means. You're going to have to clarify that. And then if we find out he has busted ribs, what the, what the heck are you doing on the sidelines? Why wasn't he, you know, inside getting x-rays? It, it didn't make any sense to me. It, it really didn't. But Jameis Winston, you know, performed well. He scored a touchdown. And he's got new life for maybe his career. Uh, signed on with the Saints. And uh, if he could carry this team into the postseason, uh, boy, you talk about a guy getting a contract next year. If Teddy Bridgewater you know, uh, parlay five, six, seven games last year, then maybe Winston can do the same thing. And then last night, New England knocks off Baltimore 23-17. Talked about that in the first uh, hour. Fewest points since Lamar Jackson became quarterback for the Ravens, only 17. Broke their streak of 31 straight games with 20 or more points. Uh, it wasn't hailing, but it was a driving rainstorm. Temperatures in the 50s, so it was cold. It was damp. It was wet. Tough conditions. New England's defense played much, much better. Last three possessions for the Ravens, three and out, six and out, four and out. So three cracks at it in the fourth quarter, down six, and they could do absolutely nothing on offense. So I don't know where the great uh, Lamar Jackson was, but uh, he was nowhere to be found uh, when Baltimore needed the most. And then my cousin-in-law, uh, Nick Boyle, ends up blowing out his knee. Sorry, brother. So see you at the, uh, the Christmas parties. Uh, but that, that, you know, with Ravens' uh, injuries are mounting like never before. They got more injuries than Carter has pills. And Baltimore's in a lot of trouble at 6-3. and three. They're in a lot, a lot of trouble uh, at 6-3. and three. So, you know, Roethlisberger, I will tell you this. Roethlisberger at 30-1 MVP, not bad. Dolphins at 35-1 to one still to win the Super Bowl, not bad. Do I really think they're going to win a Super Bowl? Well, as a Dolphins fan, yes, but as just to take that out of the equation, no. But I will tell you, in the AFC now, you got Kansas City and you have Pittsburgh. That's it. No more Baltimore. They're, they're shot. They're done. No more, you know, not, Indianapolis stinks. Uh, Cleveland stinks. Uh, Raiders stink. You know, so Colts stink. Titans don't know what's going on. At 35 to 1. Now, it was 100 to 1. Two weeks ago, when I grabbed them, 100 to 1. Their odds on the Dolphins have come way back, way back. I would still take them right now at 35 to 1 because they're in a key spot. You know, they can win the AFC uh, because they do have a game against Buffalo and they're only a half a game back. 
So they control their own destiny. Their schedule is very, very easy. They only got a couple of games. You know, they got the Jets on there. They got the Bungles on there. So and they get the Patriots on there to close out the season. At that point, the Patriots will be done. It's a pretty easy schedule for the Dolphins. It's not the craziest thing in the world to see this Dolphin team get the number three seed. They're not going to overtake Pittsburgh or Kansas City, but they can get the number three seed. They can win themselves a playoff round. They really can. And then you get in a position where you can hedge it 35 to one. Liked it a lot more when it was 100 to one two weeks ago. A lot more, obviously, but still, even at 35 to one, knowing what the AFC is now with Baltimore, Ravaged, and all the other teams being mediocre. Dolphins at 35 to 1, they're going up. All the other teams, for the most part, are going down. And that odds number will go down as well. So grab them now at 35 to 1, right next to putting Penn Roethlisberger as MVP at the 30 to 1. Are your bad beats yesterday? Had a couple of them. Last night, we'll start there. 23-17, you got an over-under of 42.5. You got 40 points heading into the fourth quarter. You think for sure, for sure, you're going to get at least a field goal, right? Despite the bad weather, teams have gone up and down the field. Not that much of a problem. We'll get a lousy field goal. We'll win this thing easily. Uh, no more scoring. I told you, uh, Ravens did nothing. Three and out, six and out, four and out. And New England doesn't do anything as well. Game ends 23-17, and the game goes under. That's tough. Yeah, you only need a field goal. You can count on one hand how many times teams go scoreless in a quarter. And both these teams did. Not good. Cleveland laying four and a half against Houston. We know Nick Chubb decides he's going to run out of bounds. And, you know, we talked about him going out of bounds. But more importantly, he doesn't score. It's the smart play. It is. So you, you can't knock him for that except for going out of bounds. But if you're a fantasy guy, or more importantly, if you're laying four and a half, that's ah, a tough one. You see him going down the sidelines, and there's not a soul in sight. There's just no reason for him not to score, and he doesn't score. They take a couple of knees, and the Browns win by three, not the four and a half. Wow. You got real, real lucky if you're a Houston there. Real lucky if you're a Houston player. That's a bad beat. Uh, Arizona and Buffalo. Uh, there are two scenarios here. I'll give you the obvious one. Arizona's laying two and a half. They score on the Hail Mary. There's two seconds left. Here's the key here. You know, if there's no time left, Arizona, unlike in years past, they changed the rule. They made it now where you don't have to kick the extra point, and, and teams don't. But because there were two seconds left, Arizona had to kick the extra point to make it a three-score game, cover the spread. However, Arizona realizes they can get the extra point blocked. Buffalo can pick it up and return for two, and they have a tie game. So they do the smart thing and just take a knee. But that prevents them from covering the two and a half. That's a bad beat. That, that's a tough one. Also, the game ended up going over. Uh, not Hail Mary. Uh, you're sitting there with a touchdown to give. Less than a minute left. There's uh, 48 points in the game. Buffalo scores uh, to make it 30-26, but you're still, the over-under is 56 and a half. You're still going to win it by a half a point. Hail Mary, and the game goes over. 32-30. Wow, that sucks. You, you know, you had a touchdown to give in the final minute, and the game still went over because of that Hail Mary. That's a tough one. And then Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, over-under 45 and a half. Randy Bullock of the Bungles hits a 37-yard field goal with five minutes left to make it 36-10. Game goes over. You know, what's the big deal, Scott? Well, you know, it's 36-7. Fourth quarter, five minutes left, and they're kicking a field goal. 
I mean, it was fourth and 17, but, you know, 36 to 7, you know, go for the touchdown. What's the difference, right? But they kick the field goal, the game goes over. Sitting on the under, that's not. I will close up shop next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I can't let this go today without the talking about one Paulina Gretzky. Uh, listen, you know, uh, she's obviously engaged to Dustin Johnson. I don't know what they are, but they're, they're together, right? So there's DJ winning the Masters yesterday. Uh, has a monstrous day. You know, he's battled everything. And there's Paulina wearing this ugly, I mean, ugly green sweater. I mean, why does it always has to be with her? Um, look at me, look at me, look at me. She, she is a weird dude. This is Wayne Gretzky's daughter. She's a strange bird. She really is. I mean, this poor guy, DJ, he's got enough pressure on him. Let him have his five minutes of fame, will you, honey? I mean, he's battled drug issues. He's battled choking on the golf course issues. Uh, they battled fidelity issues. They got two kids. They're still not married for some reason. So, you know, there's some family issues going on there. I mean, we let the guy, poor guy, win. I mean, he's the only player in Masters history to ever reach 20 under par. He nearly blew a four-shot lead. It's only a four-shot lead heading into the final round. It's not like he was leading by 10. And there she is wearing his god-awful look-at-me, look-at-me green sweater, i.e. the green jacket. Oh, my goodness. If this poor guy would have blown it yesterday, that would have been the end of the world. I mean, let the poor, why does it always have to be about her? Can, can we not just appreciate Dustin Johnson for his golfing ability versus the nonsense off the uh, field, if you will? I mean, I, I just, she, like I said, she is a strange, strange bird. Let the poor guy celebrate and have people applaud him versus you rushing onto the scene and saying, look at me, I look like a buffoon. I, I just, uh, wow, I just very, very strange. Uh, so we'll get back to the phone calls tomorrow for sure. Winner tonight. You know what? I like the Chicago Bears. I think the Bears are going to win. They're getting three and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone's jumping off the Bears bandwagon. I'm not. Bears win outright. Grab the plus to three and a half and uh, cash your ticket tomorrow morning. Have yourselves a great uh, Monday. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you Tuesday right here. Baby, the bad beat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.